1: Are you a football fan looking for the latest analysis and news on the Jacksonville Jaguars? You're in the right place. Black and teal, baby. Welcome to the Jen Jag Podcast with your host, Jordan DeLugo. Move those chains. Here's your host, Jordan. What up, Duval? Welcome to the 45th episode of the Jen Jag Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan DeLugo, here with my co host, Scott Klein. As always, we're sadly, again, without our third co-host, Hunter Evans, who is coaching up some football over at Creekside High, but we're happy to just do it, just the two of us. Yeah, I think we're Just well the two it. of us. <laughs> that can be our uh, new opener for every, every <laughs> podcast. Just the two of us. No, I won't uh, burden our listeners with any more of my singing, <laughs> but you can follow me at Jordan DeLugo on Twitter. Follow Scott Klein at Scott Klein1. Of course, we'd like you to follow the GenJag Jag podcast on Twitter at Generation Jag. And check out our website, GenJag.com, for all the latest news, analysis, videos, podcasts. We've got it all for you there. Uh, really exciting week. Jaguars are coming off an amazing victory in London against the Ravens. Uh, I'm pretty confident to say we all saw that coming. <laughs> like all of us. <laughs> I mean, uh, we both predicted some wins. I, I predicted them to, I originally predicted them to win in a close, low-scoring game. I retracted that a little bit in my article on Saturday where I said I would not be at all surprised for it to look more like the Houston game, but I certainly didn't call 44-7. Yeah. to seven.
0: <laughs> I, Yeah, that was just unbelievable. That was, once we said the same thing about the the Texans game, it was almost a perfect blueprint then. Man, it just... That, that game blew the doors off the first week.
1: Yeah, and this was even a different blueprint than what you saw against <laughs> Houston. So they did it two different ways, which is really great. We'll get into more of that. Uh, this episode, as always, is presented by Bold City Brewery. Find them online at boldcitybrewery.com, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Bold City Brewery. They're about to celebrate their nine-year anniversary in October Their party is going to be at their original location on Roselle, Uh, October twenty first. Two dollar pints all day. Can't beat the prices. Can't beat the fun. There's going to be food, uh, food out there. There's going to be live bands. Going to be Bold City Brewery nine year anniversary. That's awesome. Be a party. One year away from ten, man. They're almost a decade old. It's great. So thanks to them. Shout out to Bold City Brewery as always for being the one and only sponsor of the Gin Jack Podcast. I will be traveling to New York Ooh. to watch the Jaguars play the Jets and to participate in some shenanigans with my college roommates, so I'm excited about that, so we will not be having a table at Brick's Tap House this weekend, however the watch party will still go on, there will be free brunch, there will be drink specials all day, there's going to be plenty of Jaguar fans out there having a good time and uh, certainly some Gen Jag members out there enjoying themselves. So. You're welcome to still go check out Brick's Tap House, even though we won't have a booth set up. Still will be the Gin Jag watch party. We're really excited about New York, obviously. My girlfriend's going with me, too. We we always make an excuse to go up there every yeah. year to visit uh, my old roommates, but this isn't just the perfect excuse. Oh, yeah. And this is also going to be my first ever NFL game not played at everbank slash altel slash the gator bowl wow yeah that's awesome yeah so slash Jacksonville municipal stadium <laughs> can't forget that one so that's really exciting for me and really shocking that i haven't been to another nfl game outside of jacksonville i think i've seen almost every team play yeah <laughs> just at the jaguar yeah. stadium uh but that's exciting even well maybe not even more exciting but equally as exciting <clears throat> Uh, the moniker Lord Ramsey has been passed to one of the Jaguars' best players, Jalen Ramsey. And we made some awesome t-shirts. Perfect. Celebrating just how great uh, Jalen Ramsey is and how he lords over the, you know, everybody he faces. He's been one of the best cornerbacks in football. We'll get into that later. But we've got 50 of these shirts. They're going to go fast. So they'll be up on our website tomorrow morning. Make sure to check that out, and you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram if you want to stay up to date for when those actually will drop on the website, because they're probably going to sell really fast. There,
0: there's a box of them right behind me. I am so tempted to just take as many as I can, get, in <laughs> my, get my arms, get my
1: hands on it, just
0: wear them every day. I, yeah. I love the look of it. It looks
1: awesome. So, yeah, we got some Game of Thrones font going on the shirt, so it's fun for sure. Again, those will be only at ginjag.com And we'll have them up tomorrow morning, Thursday morning. So make sure to check it out. Now, we've got a lot to get into. Let's go ahead and start with the unfortunate story we have to talk about, which is the entire BS going on. Donald Trump insults NFL players. NFL players respond the Jaguars were the first team that had the opportunity to respond, playing at 9.30 a.m. on Sunday. They played before anyone else. And 13 Jaguar players knelt during the National Anthem. The rest of the team, including the 13 players, all locked arms, including With Shad Khan, it- including the coach. So it was really cool to see that show of unity, in my opinion, by the Jaguars a lot of people don't feel that same way as mm-hmm. myself. People are going so far as to say they're boycotting the Jaguars. There's Facebook groups going on about boycotting the Jaguars. Facebook events for boycotting the next home game. Uh, it's to me, it's really sad to see Jaguars fans reacting this way. Yeah. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I mean, freedom of speech is one of the bedrocks of this country. Uh, for for me, as an outsider looking in, um, uh, to tell somebody they can't do one thing or another, it's it's not in my place. Everyone can have an opinion about it. You might you don't you don't have to like what they're doing. You also don't have to buy tickets or keep your gear or watch the NFL. Yeah. That's that's one hundred percent your choice. That's not how I react. I think what the just like you, I think what they did was. Pretty cool. Coming together as a team, showing, hey, we're, n- we're not going to put up with this device, divisive words that
1: is seemingly just driving a wedge between a lot of people. Yeah. And I have no idea why those comments were made. They seem pretty um, just unnecessary, mm-hmm. in my opinion. But we're not a political show. We're a sports show. We talk about the Jaguars. Yeah. We're going to move on from this point. I would just like to say my final thing. If you're a Jaguar fan, support the Jaguars through thick and thin. And I believe that the true Jaguar fans will show their true colors. Mm -hmm. And I believe that after the Jaguars come home winning one or two games on the road, we'll see how many. But I think it's going to be at least one that the bank is going to be packed out. And b- Before
0: we move on to the next subject, if you are or know somebody who is absolutely done, is giving up or burning, whatever, there's so many good causes that they can donate them to, whether it's veterans. Yeah, yeah if people are um, trying to get rid of their or tickets. Or apparel or yeah, anything. anything. Just donate them. There's so many people in need that can just use a shirt on their back. It doesn't, ha- doesn't matter that it's a Jaguars one. Or, or if you're giving up your season tickets show, show, put your money where your mouth is. Give them to a, give them to a veteran who right. fought for this country for that flag, Yeah, you know? So we, uh, to each his own. I mean, you, you, you do whatever you feel like you have to do, but just, there's better ways than just throwing them in the trash or burning them or, or, or anything like that.
1: Yeah. And final point, uh, Doug Moran said that the team had not discussed any sort of, uh, any sort of thing they're going to be doing during this national anthem, this upcoming game. So it seems like they're probably just going to go back to their usual standing. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, no update really on that from Doug Maroney. He just said they haven't talked about it or they haven't talked with him about it now that we've had to talk about that BS. Very glad we're done talking about that BS, but Let's get into the Jaguars' victory over the Ravens, 44-7. to You see Blake Bortles throw four touchdown passes. You see Mercedes Lewis catch three of them. You see Corey Grant break off a huge run on a fake punt when the Jaguars are up 37-0. to You see the defense making big plays, forcing turnovers, getting some sacks. I mean, where do we begin? It's just, hey, it was all good. Let's begin with Blake. It was Holmes. all good. Yeah, it was all good. <laughs> so, what did you see from Blake? I mean, I th-
0: I, I think he was put it in was a very a... good position. Yeah. We 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 started to establish a running game. It's not something that really was the focus on Sunday, because from the onset, the there was a a, long, a pretty decent uh, pass to Mar- Marquise Lee mm-hmm. down the sideline. Yeah, that was like the first play of the game. I Yeah. Think. And it shows you, okay, hey, you're going to stack the box. We ha- You have to be able to beat him deep. And guess who Punish was him. on?
1: Let's see. Jimmy Smith? No. It was our guy we were picking on last week, Brandon Carr. Brandon Carr, yeah. Yeah, should've, should've yeah he stood no, no chance on that one. Nah.
0: Um, but, I mean, just, just from the get-go, I think Hackett did a wonderful job. Mm-hmm. Setting up plays... Getting him comfortable. There was a lot of stuff where it had opportunities to where he can check down and be safe with the ball and still get chunk yardage. The, on on the first... I think it was the very first play of the game. he was They were in shotgun, and it was just a little dump-off pass to uh, Leonard Fournette. He gets six yards. Right. And you're already second and four. You're in wonderful field position. Right. As far as going... So it's just... I think he put him in a very good position to be successful. And just look at what a confident, just having fun Blake Bortles can do. Yeah. I mean, he had it You saw that smile all day,
1: which was great to see. You saw not only were the plays drawn up well, but he was completing passes that were touch passes, bullets. He was just a monster. He was an amazing quarterback on Sunday. He had his second highest passer rating of his career, four touchdowns again. I mean, he was he was putting on a clinic, and what's so impressive to me about that, a, is the Baltimore Ravens defense wasn't able to turn him over once after entering week three with eight interceptions and four forced fumbles. They that, couldn't get any. They couldn't get their hands on anything. Blake Bortles was throwing.
0: And and that's why we thought it was going to be such a low scoring affair. It's because. At some point, you you felt like some one of the other was gonna break break down. Yeah. And we just it was either Blake Bortles getting a, t- a ball tipped at the line of scrimmage, batted bat, bat into the air for an interception, or just makes a poor decision, or just tries to force something. And from from the onset, he was on fire. No doubt about and it. it. It shows you. And Mar- uh, Mercedes Lewis even talked about it today, how the, the, the whole team knows he's capable of doing it. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of it, he, he thinks a lot of it is just psychological. It's just just know that you just got to go out and do you. He, he thinks he has all the tools to do it. It's just sometimes if he has a bad game, he can start to doubt things, start to move a, register things a little bit slower, and none of that. Was
1: there on Sunday Absolutely not The other thing to me that makes it really (laughs) impressive Is Week one Bortles played well He wasn't asked to do much Week two Everything went wrong for the Jaguars On the offensive side of the ball Bortles Did not look Like an effective quarterback For most of the game He wasn't Uh and then you have Logan Ryan coming out after the game saying, you know, everyone in the league knows that the Jaguars aren't confident in Blake Bortles, and, which it was true. It was a true statement at that point. Well, guess what? The Jaguars showed their confidence in Blake Bortles yeah. by coming out with a game plan against a team that's a ball-hawking defense that has Eric Weddle, Tony Jefferson, Terrell Suggs, lots of good linebacker play, Some decent corners. Jimmy Smith is definitely better than Brandon Carr. But uh, you look at that defense, and the Jaguars came out with a game plan to feature Blake Bortles' arm. And it worked really well. And part of the reason it did work so well was because the Ravens linebackers could not cover the Jaguars' tight ends, specifically Mercedes (laughs) Lewis, who went off for three touchdowns in this one. Before we talk too much about Mercedes, though, I want to look back... Because I, uh, I, I went back this week. It's been five games for Blake Bortles under Doug Marone. Uh, for the whole team, obviously, under Doug Marone, except for the newcomers. So, in those five games, Blake Bortles has completed 62.7% of his passes, which is up about 5% almost from his average last season. He's thrown eight touchdowns and only had two interceptions. Really impressive stuff. Yeah. And he's just been really efficient. He hasn't been getting sacked a lot. He hasn't been getting a lot of pressure put on him. And at some point, if Blake Bortles continues to play this way, we're gonna have to talk about the Jaguars not going after Kirk Cousins or uh or any of the other free agent quarterbacks or not going after a quarterback in the first round. It it would take a lot I, for that it would take a lot but if you if if that pace of play continues eight touchdowns to two interceptions over five game periods how can you take the guy out of the game yeah i mean if right now it's it's so early
0: on in the season i mean it just just looking at the stats it's it's apparent that the change at the top has had an effect and i don't know if it's just He's has been coached differently. He's being, he's being handled maybe not so improperly like he has been for the past few seasons. But I mean, it's just he's shown I believe for the past three years what he was, and for her for it, a flip a switch just to flip on through let's call it five games, which would be going back into the last season. It's hard to kind of bank on that when the clock is always ticking in the NFL. Yep. And I, I even, after the game, I said, after they signed Ryan Nassib, Bortles, is, 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 the year is over. I mean, it, it's, that was, I think, the, I thought that was the first stepping stone to having a I plan like in it. place to have him at some point go inactive and put him on the shelf so he doesn't get hurt.
1: It really did feel like it. And that just goes to show you how fickle the NFL is on a week-to-week basis. And I'm not trying to sit here and defend Blake Bortles and say he should be the Jaguars quarterback of the future. I'm saying that that's a conversation that's going to be had if he continues to play this way. Absolutely. If 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 he gets,
0: let's say, eight to ten more games like this, where it's more
1: good than bad, that's...
0: I would say
1: more good than bad was week one. More games like this. He was perfect in yeah. this game. Yeah. <laughs> that, it's, it's hard for me to believe
0: that there's anywhere any room for him to go up. Now, can he maintain and not have such an up and down and up and down? Like the, like the first game, he wasn't asked to do much. He was okay. He was effective. Second game... He was, let's, I mean,
1: not good. Not good. (laughs) At best. But he wasn't helped by anyone on offense. That's true. Offensive line gave up pressure, specifically Cam Robinson, a lot. Receivers were dropping the balls. It was a bad overall performance by the offense. So, if you're going to indict Blake Bortles for that performance, you have to indict Cam Robinson, who's a rookie going against a really good speed rusher, but it is what it is. And you also have to indict the receivers for not stepping up until the fourth quarter. Yeah. But it's, well, it's it's
0: gonna. There's gonna be a lot more pressure, and with every game that goes on,
1: if he keeps playing this way, or a lot less. I mean, more pressure. But, well, that this is true. It could just. He looked like he was just having a damn good time, and if he can get back to that, which is how his demeanor always was at UCF, and really how it was, most of his rookie season and into his second season, that just fun, happy demeanor. Except for when things really go south, it'll be interesting to see, no doubt about it. So, uh, Sam Darnold, just just wait your turn, buddy. <laughs> we'll see. He might not be there at the twentieth pick or plus. You're right about that. <laughs> You're right. About that. Baker Mayfield, hold your horses, buddy. Uh, would that be bad for you? Would you be upset about that as a Texas fan? If oh, the man. Jaguars drafted an Oklahoma quarterback,
0: I don't like the guy. I like him as a football player. I, I don't even know how much I like
1: him as an NFL quarterback.
0: No, yeah, so. I. He he reminds me of Johnny Manziel so much. I don't think he's the same person or player. Personality wise, yeah. nothing like. He, he's got a similar. He's he's not the biggest guy, but I mean, regardless, as an i Oklahoma players, I don't like them. I don't trust them as far but as if I they can ask for
1: your NFL team. You're okay, Aaron Colvin. Yeah.
0: Yeah. all right. Yeah, you're pretty good. I like
1: you. That's right. I won't hold anything against you. (laughs) For sure. Now, moving on from Blake, we have to give Mercedes his credit. What is so weird about the Mercedes performance is prior to the game, Maurice Jones-Drew, who works for NFL Network now, was talking about the game. He gave his prediction, and he predicted the Jaguars to win, and then he just says, Mercedes Lewis, drop the mic. No context at all. No, no, yeah, context, no just, context at all. Just Mercedes Lewis. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> all right. Uh, what um, we I don't know if that man is a prophet or what is going on with Maurice Jones, Drew, but Mercedes had the game of his life. He had multiple two touchdown games in the 2010 season, but he's never had a three touchdown game. A hat trick. I think, I think like that was a franchise say. record, too. Um, as a, receiver, or a tie franchise record you're testing my knowledge scott i, I know was, there have been more touchdowns by a player in a game yeah. uh james stewart had five touchdowns in a game that's the jaguars record i don't know if someone scored more than three i'm not gonna lie to you. i saw it was a ticker during the game so it's <laughs> unless i actually go back and watch the broadcast film if i'm watching at, at bricks there's, there's, I just see flashes. Yeah. Well, and regardless of whether it is a receiving touchdown record for the Jaguars or not, three touchdowns by a veteran tight end who's thought of as a blocking tight end and a great blocking tight end at that. What a day. Yeah. He just abused the Ravens linebackers. He abused Tony Jefferson. He was just the, a man amongst boys out there. And, you know, his first touchdown, of course, he had to stumble into the end zone. He couldn't just run in. (laughs) (laughs) He had to make it dramatic. But after that, there was no drama about it. Every one of those touchdowns was definitive. So it was really cool to see Mercedes kind of have a uh, throwback game. And it'll be really interesting to see if the Jaguars can incorporate the tight end more into their offense. That was something they struggled to do through the first two weeks of the season. And... (laughs) Obviously, they didn't struggle to do it against the Ravens. They excelled at doing so. Now, staying on the offensive side of the ball, Leonard Fournette. He has only had one 100-yard rushing game, and he's only averaging 3.5 yards a carry. But I'm here to tell you the man is legit. He only averages 3.5 yards a carry because half the time he gets the ball, it's on third and shorter on the goal line. He's in short-yarded situations, and he gets the short yards seemingly every time. So, he's uh, already racked up 199 rushing yards, I believe, and 66 receiving yards. Uh, He's well on his way to over 1,400 yards if he keeps up this pace, total yards. And he scored a touchdown in each of the Jaguars' first three games. On pace for 16 touchdowns. As a running back, 16 touchdowns, just rushing touchdowns, as a rookie would be the second most of all time. That's, that's just bonkers. Yeah. What as uh, total touchdowns, let's say he gets a receiving touchdown or whatever, uh, the record is held by one Fred Taylor. Yeah. yeah or Randy. he's second. Uh, tied for second all time with Randy Moss. Whew. Um so, Fournette is on his way to a, certainly a memorable rookie season and a statistically really impressive rookie season. It's been a while. There was one
0: play in particular that I focused, that I just sticks out in my mind. It was uh, it was his touchdown run where he got hit at like the three yard line, and I immediately was like touchdown. Yep. Touchdown! It's been so long since we had somebody that can take a hit and you know he's gonna fall forward for two to three yards. Mm-hmm. He's just gonna carry the defender with him. it it hasn't been a I haven't had that feeling in so long. I Man, really some mojo. mojo yeah, yeah. in his prime. Exactly. But it's it's so it's just so exciting
1: to watch, and he just he just looks different on the field than anyone else. Yeah, and he's been a great receiver out of the backfield yeah. when asked to do so. Um he's also he's also been really effective in terms of being a guy that the Jaguars can just rely on to get the short yardage. I mean when Tom Coughlin called this guy and was talking to him when they were getting, when they were in the process of drafting him and letting him know he was getting drafted, he was like, We need you to score touchdowns. He heard. And he's probably. doing exactly that so far. He's making it so when the Jaguars get in the red zone, the other team is scared. Yeah. And Jaguars fans, coaches, anybody following is like, wow, they have a good chance at scoring. Yeah, Yeah. you're confident. Yeah. No longer is it, all right, we're in the red
0: zone. Let's not kick a field goal from the six-yard line. Exactly. (laughs) It's, 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 It's refreshing and it's... It's just what good football teams do.
1: When you get in the red zone, you have to get seven. Speaking of field goals, Jason Myers has turned it around. He likes London. He does. But, I mean, last two games he's played well. He didn't play terrible in the first game. He missed a field goal, and he missed an extra point. But looking at his numbers now, he's seven of eight from field goals, seven of eight extra points. You got to like what you're seeing as a rebound last couple games for Jason Myers after a really poor uh, poor ending to the preseason.
0: Yeah. I it it started off as a, oh no, here we go. With at the very first kickoff when he kicks it out of bounds yeah. and you're like, well
1: That was they, so weird. Remember we were standing right next to each other, I was like, don't screw this up Yeah, yeah you called it. Or or you jinxed him. Yeah. One of the but it just it, it going into
0: that game, in the back of seemingly probably all Jaguars fans was, oh no, here we go again. We we had a huge game. Our hopes were high against the Texans. Get humbled at home against the Titans. It just seems like oh no, we're gonna be going through this again. And then not so fast, my <laughs> not friend. Not so fast. <laughs> it's,
1: it it was it was it was just a great. It was just a great day to be a Jaguars fan. No doubt about it. Every day is a great day to be a Jaguars <laughs> fan, if you ask me. Some better than others. But Especially yeah. when we're 2-1 uh, and one, heading to New York. It's good stuff. Before we get to New York, let's talk about the defense. Uh, we've talked about them all year. Uh, A.J. Boye, Jalen Ramsey, both go out and get themselves a pick in this one. you love to see that. What else stood out to you? I have never seen such futility on in the passing game in particular. That was Joe Flacco's worst game of his career, and it was the worst game by a quarterback, quarterback rating-wise, in the NFL this season. It was, I think And there's he, been a lot of bad quarterback play in the NFL this season. Yeah. I, th- <laughs> I, I think he had,
0: I think it was like eight yards of passing in the first half. Yeah. He ended up, ended up with, like, 26 yards passing. Yeah. It was just unbelievable, and they made I mean, plays. Got yanked. The two he The two interceptions that they made were unbelievable. Yeah. Just freak athletic.
1: AJ Boyes he stole the ball from the receiver, and then after stealing it, the ball's fumbling around. He makes an amazing scoop of the ball right before it hits the ground, and then... Jalen Ramsey's, I think, was even more impressive. Just
0: goes Superman.
1: Yeah, he just does, does a full-on dive in uh, midair and just goes and snatches the ball. It was and, a bad you know, th- It was a very bad throw, but catching the ball when you're diving after it and you have to get your arms underneath it and then you're preparing for full impact with your arms and your uh, upper body, it's that's not easy to catch. And for a guy like Ramsey who struggled to hold on to interceptions at the beginning of last season – and throughout his college career, to see him really starting to hone in on these opportunities that he's getting to pick off the ball—that's huge. Right, that's really, really huge. Yeah, and he like getting even getting
0: away from the secondary. Miles Jack was all over the field. That um, man has been oh a different goodness. player than
1: he was in preseason. It's like the the light switch turned seems, on for him after preseason. It seems like
0: preseason. the whole team has
1: done that. You're right about that. But especially him. He was one of the guys you were a little yeah. concerned about really taking over the middle linebacker spot, um, obviously in nickel situations, and still being the guy calling the plays for the defense in base situations. He has been anything but a liability. He's got as many tackles as he did all of last year already. It's unreal. Right, and to be fair, he's gotten—he's not too far off on the amount of snaps he got last yeah. year. So, it's not like he was just ineffective last year. He just wasn't used much. It's yeah. still pretty mind-blowing how and that worked out. Then,
0: and then the defensive line was just harassing him all day. Um, Dante Fowler had yeah. some flashes. He's, he got himself he's, a sack. He's starting to look like things might be clicking. You Calais know? Campbell it's, got back yeah, in there. Campbell's always good. Malik from.
1: Jackson. So, yeah, Calais is in second place now in the NFL in sacks. Melvin Ingram had it big game. He's um, unbelievable. Uh, Yeah, he's a big time sack master over there. I almost just said San Diego. (laughs) Los Angeles. And we'll get a chance to see him in a few weeks. That'll be really fun to see that Gus Bradley Chargers defense versus the Jaguars offense. Apparently
0: goodness. he has not been very good.
1: Yeah, I've heard a lot of negative reviews Ooh. about what's going on with him. Something about I linebackers saw, on yeah, line receivers. Saw, <laughs> of course, of course you're linebackers covering the fastest player in football, Tyreek Hill. <laughs> which is actually the funny thing is the biggest offense that we saw of that under Gus Bradley in 2000. 16 when he was the Jaguars head coach yep. was against the Chargers yep. when uh, when uh, Paul Posluszny was trying to cover I believe it was Travis, Travis Benjamin yep. it's just like <laughs> my God come on man good old Gus Bradley defense <laughs> yeah so hopefully he'll try to do a little bit of that against Marquise Lee or uh, maybe even Keelan Cole can I think get some things going speaking we'll of that, Keelan Cole he played much better in this one than he has he made a difficult really difficult catch. Uh, and he's a guy that hopefully the the arrow's pointing up for him where it was certainly pointing down for a while. Yeah, I mean, he's a small school guy.
0: These are, like, if you play at Alabama, you might see a couple of these guys every year. <laughs> he, he, he hadn't even been in the same zip code yeah. as these guys. I mean, he, I'm sure the speed of the game and just the, the sheer size of the physical corners is a huge adjustment. Um, maybe now he's starting to get his feet under him He's catching his breath He's being able to instead of think Go out and play a bit more um, He's got a great Lineup in front of him With Hearns maybe the hardest, One of the hardest working guys in the NFL yeah. Marquise Lee um, He's, got he's all become the-
1: a great pro In his own right yeah. and I'm not talking about uh, What he's proven necessarily Statistically on the field but. His work ethic. There were some questions
0: in, I think, the you know, second and third season about... First and second. First and second. Season, um, about just what's going on in this guy's head. I don't Is think he, there was know, any questions
1: <laughs> last year. Yeah. He got it together for sure, and now he really has it going in terms of his work ethic. And both those guys are great blockers, too. You love to That's see physical. that. physical. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, you love to see that with a team that's going to want to run the football a lot this season. So, any last thoughts on the Jaguars' defense that you're just stoked about? It's good, man.
0: They, it's going to
1: be—they're
0: going to be a nightmare for teams all season long. It's, yeah. it's going to be so much fun to watch this year, next year, just moving into the future just the speed on this defense that what hasn't been there in the
1: past yeah i mean miles jack and telvin smith out linebacker two of the fastest Ooh. linebackers in football jalen ramsey is one of the best athletes in the world fast as hell aj Boye is fast as hell dante fowler and unique and are both fast for edge rushers and barry church and deshaun gibson do not lack speed either so. yeah been a lot of fun to watch so far. We'll get to watch more this weekend when the Jags take on the Jets. Before we get into our Jaguars vs. Jets preview, let's do a little pop-top segment with Bold City Brewery, the one and only sponsor of the Gen Jag podcast. So, so far, Scott and I have been drinking some Oktoberfest and some Lou's Dunkel Lager. Both are great beers. We've both had them on the show before. Both are pretty easy to drink. Uh, Neither of them are super bitter or super tart or anything like that. Just some nice, solid flavor. And uh, beer that you can drink plenty of, for sure. And for our pop-top beer, we've got the Fritz Hefeweizen. It's a South German-style wheat beer made with a typical ratio of 50-50 or even higher wheat. The Hefe prefix means with yeast. Hence the beer's unfiltered and cloudy appearance. So let's get into it, Scott. Oh, oh yeah. I'll have to down this one real quick. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna listen to some sweet sounds of chugging by Scott and I right now. We need to have, some, back- need to have music. <laughs> some music. We have some music. <laughs> some elevator music. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I did a better job than Scott at chugging my beer. I'll get into this first. I'm an old man now. Hey, Scott. <laughs> we are the same age.
0: <laughs> I, I, I got Kids will aid you. <laughs> Maybe one day you'll find out about that.
1: Man. Maybe one day far, far away. Uh,
0: now, I can still hold my own. I shotgun the Dukes. Hey, <laughs> at, boy. At, the, at the pregame for uh, one of the preseason games. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I'd never I'd never shotgunned something that heavy
1: before. I don't think I've or, ever shotgunned anything that wasn't a light beer. Yeah. Or like a PBR. It was all I had. <laughs> so I just dealt
0: with it. That's right. I had to, I had to carry my old tradition
1: from back when uh,
0: I was a good old season ticket holder.
1: Yeah. Scott and I, right out of high school, we both got season tickets together in 432. And that was some of the rowdiest times I've ever had. We were, we were pretty belligerent and pretty obnoxious towards opposing fans at that time in our lives. And we fit right in up there. <laughs> yeah, everyone around us was all about it. It was always a really good time. So, Shout out to anybody that's in Section 432 listening to this. We miss you guys. We've uh, gone a little bit lower in the bowl, and we've also gotten a little bit less rambunctious, less out of control. Less ready to start fights with opposing teams fans. We still have it down there somewhere. It just, it's not out every Sunday. (laughs) That's right. No doubt about it. So, again, if you want to try any of these beers that we're drinking on the show, you can go to Bold City Brewery, their downtown location on East Bay Street, or their original tap room off Roselle in Riverside. Please check them out at boldcitybrewery.com, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Bold City Brewery. Jaguars at Jets. Jaguars enter the game 2 and 1 coming off a 44-7 victory over the Baltimore Ravens in London. Jets enter the game 1 and 2 coming off a division win against a Dolphins team that made the playoffs last year and is expected to be a playoff competitor again this year. They really handled the Dolphins last week, 20 to 6. Scott, you reviewed the game film today. You want to lead us off? Yeah, it it wasn't I
0: it wasn't as dominating as a performance as I expected. The defense played very well.
1: Like when you see a 20 to 6 on the scoreboard, you expect to see just one team just manhandling the other one. Right. It
0: was it Jay Cutler did not have a good game. Jay Cutler, Jay Cutler. Yeah. Right? He he yeah, he he did that. He had a really hard time completing anything. The Jets controlled the line of scrimmage. A.J. Ajayi just was, I didn't even, he didn't pop off the screen like he normally does. There was a couple times where he made plays, but overall, nothing.
1: Guess who drafted him in the second round of fantasy football. And who's now had two weeks, thanks to Hurricane Irma (laughs) and thanks to Hurricane Jamal Adams. Uh, Two (laughs) weeks of poor play by J.J. Ajayi. Yeah. I don't feel bad for you. Or I shouldn't even say poor play. One week was just non (laughs)
0: existent. I'd feel bad for you if I didn't draft David Johnson first overall. Yeah. Yeah. So. (laughs) But, yeah, yeah, their their defense was the star. Um, uh, Jake. It it is Jake McCown. Josh? Josh McCown. What? Where did I get Jake? Well, there's so many
1: McCowns and, you know. There's
0: Josh, Jake, Luke, uh, Jordan. I don't know about Jake, but yeah. McCown,
1: yeah. There's a ton of McCowns. Jaguars used to have Luke, Josh's brother. <laughs> yeah. Love um, that guy. He
0: is about 50 years old, but he has been playing so much better than I anticipated him doing. He's yeah. not, he's not a world beard. He's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not the ageless wonder Tom Brady, but he's, he's not Blake Bortles. <laughs> uh, okay, well, I'm there. just kidding. He's completed about 69 percent of his passes. And that's not—it's not all underneath. He's been throwing it some all shots. over the place. There's um, every wide receiver they have are in a similar mold. Um, they're all—they're all pretty quick guys. There's no
1: big like red zone threat. Jermaine Curse, Robbie Anderson. Yep. Uh,
0: There's—I think they—they got, they got um, some. There was a, somebody else I can't think of, but they're all in a similar mold. They all wear numbers in the teens. I don't think there's a single <laughs> wide receiver that has a number over 19. Um, they they just methodically go down the field and their offensive line play has been pretty solid. They haven't given up a lot of sacks. They haven't been able to run the ball consistently. I watched all three of the games. They were in every single one of them. The Raiders game got away from them a little bit, but a lot of teams. That happens to a lot of teams against the Raiders. Yep. Um, so, my first reaction was, this team might not be as bad as I think they are. Or as I thought they were at the beginning of the season. Right. They've been contending. They haven't been getting blown out. Um, save a couple turnovers in the against the Raiders. But, it's not a team to take lightly. Right. Which...
1: Really, no team in the NFL is. True.
0: But... It's clearly a lesser opponent. I don't think they're as good as the Ravens are. Even with the issues that they have at receiver and Joe, Flacco, whatever is going on with Joe Flacco. Um,
1: so you're telling me you wouldn't take Josh McCown over Joe Flacco? <laughs> oh, what I it? kid, I kid. It's, I'll take Joe Flacco all day. Yeah. Thank you very
0: much. <laughs> um, they looked average at best. I mean, I don't think the Dolphins are very good. But I still anticipated them winning against yeah. the Jets. Uh, the they're not the Jets aren't going to win that many games this year, but they should be in a lot of them. Um, so don't expect this to be as much of a pushover as you think it is, unless Blake Bortles plays
1: like he did last week. Then all bets are off. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt about it. So before we get hot and heavy into breaking down the specific matchups and what's going on here we'll get you an injury report which the jets have 16 guys on their injury report the jaguars have about seven or eight here so most of these people for the jaguars have been on the injury report in past weeks blake bortles has a right wrist injury he's a full participant no need to worry about him cam robinson shoulder injury full participant no need to worry about him Miles, Jack and Brandon Linder, both limited. No need to worry about either of those guys. Now, Jalen Strong, probably not going to play again. He's not participating in practice. Jalen Ramsey, not participating in practice for the third straight week. No need to worry about him. He has an ankle, but he's going to be good to go Sunday. Backup linebacker Donald Payne has a hamstring. You probably would have never heard of his name until I just said it. He's not participating in practice. We don't know yet if he can play. Laurenti McCray, he is a backup linebacker who you've heard of. He's a core special teamer and a solid uh, pass rush specialist as a backup. He's not participating with a knee. He'll probably be good to go. Malik Jackson did not participate with a groin. He also will probably be good to go. All these injuries we knew about, save Miles Jack, but he was limited, not a non-participant, so you're not too worried about that. Looking at the Jets list, it is really overwhelming here. Let's go with just some main names that people are going to know. Kelvin Beacham has a knee injury. We've all known about that forever. Uh, Former Jaguar left tackle from last year. He's still participating fully in practice, so expect to see him. Robbie Anderson, who had the really long touchdown last week against the Dolphins. Do you remember how long that was? I It was, I think it was like a 50 or 60 yard. It was nice, though. He just burned his man. Yeah, he did. He's got some speed. He's a full participant with an ankle. Josh McCown has ribs going on. He's still a full participant. So getting into some guys that are limited and non-participants. Leonard Williams, who's one of their two really, really talented defensive linemen. Uh, he was limited with a wrist injury, probably going to be able to go with no problem. Now, Matt Forte is not participating. He's week to week. He's probably not going to be able to go. He has turf toe. So you're going to be looking at a lot of Bilal Powell and a lot of uh, Elijah McGuire and maybe even some Trevars Cadet who was just signed by the Jets this week. Uh, Brandon Shell, offensive lineman. He has a shoulder going on. He didn't participate. I'm not too sure on what his situation is. Tight end Jordan Leggett did not participate with a knee. Defensive end, Coney Ealy, who we all know who he is, he was a star of the Super Bowl for the Carolina Panthers and then didn't work out with New England. Wound up in New York. He didn't participate. Non-injury related. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, Linebacker Josh Martin Who's a backup for them Did not participate And then the big one here Muhammad Wilkerson Did not participate He has a grade 1 AC shoulder uh, joint I don't even know what the proper term is But he's got something going on with his shoulder And he did not participate But he said he's just going to try to tough it out Expects to play this weekend Hopefully for the Jets he can play uh, it, with a guy dealing with that significant of a shoulder injury that really is a pain-tolerant situation, mm-hmm. and that could definitely affect his play. Oh, yeah. You know, if the Jaguars come out and run down the field to start the game, how motivated is Muhammad Wilkerson for the rest of the game when his shoulder's killing him? It's something you got to monitor, absolutely. But looks like probably the only major player the Jets will be without is Matt Forte despite the extremely long injury report here today. And uh, Matt Forte is not what he once was, but still a player the Jets would like to have. Still, their starting running back. So, the Jaguars enter their first trap game since 2011. <laughs> and what do I mean by a trap game? Someone actually asked, what is a trap game? Trap game is when one team comes into a game heavily favored, and they should be heavily favored, they have more talent than the other team, but they might fall into the trap of overlooking their opponent and thus losing to a far superior opponent. Inferior. Inferior. (laughs) Correct. The Fritz Heffelweisen's getting to me (laughs) over here. But yeah, basically, it's when a good team faces a really crappy team. And sometimes they they have a tough time.
0: Maybe they don't take him seriously. Maybe they just think it's going to be a walk in the park.
1: Right. And on that note, it appears that the Jaguars are taking the Jets seriously based on everything you've heard coming out of the locker room. They really respect Jamal Adams. I mean, who doesn't? Yeah. And And a lot of the other Jets defenders are really talented players.
0: It's hard for me to think that an NFL team would. Overlook a, an opponent. And it happens though.
1: <laughs> yeah, it does. But for the, and but overlooking might not be the traditional sense of what what you think when you say overlook. The preparation for NFL games is so intense and so heavy that any little things that might that you in the back of your head you might be thinking this isn't a great team we're playing against, even though you're seem you're doing all the right things to prepare. In your mind, you just have a little bit. I don't need to finish this last rep. I can, I can, I can head out.
0: Or not <laughs> even that.
1: I mean, that obviously would be certainly overlooking <laughs> your opponent, but it, it could be even subconscious. Yeah. When you're overlooking an opponent, and we don't need to break down the psychology of the game here, <laughs> obviously. But it's easy to overlook an opponent and have a trap game. I broke down three keys for the Jaguars to avoid this trap. Like the Rebels so gracefully did. And Star Wars. I love Akbar's thing there. Yeah. It's a trap! <laughs> That's one of my favorite lines. I actually used that for the picture. Yeah. And the it. blog post today. Uh, but getting back to the Jaguars here. Win the turnover battle. It's like the most cliche thing you can say in football. But the Jaguars, in their two wins, didn't commit a single turnover and combined in those two wins, forced seven turnovers, three and a half a game, and they kicked their opponent's ass. In their one loss, they committed three turnovers and only forced one turnover by the Titans. You see what happened. In the Jets' lone victory of 2017, they have, what did they do? They dominated the turnover battle. So, I know it's cliche, but it's legit. How do the Jaguars dominate the turnover battle? Slow down the Jets' running game. Force Josh McCown into clear passing situations. And run the ball themselves. Get Leonard Fournette going. Get Chris Ivory going. Take a little bit of pressure off Blake Bortles' plate. And uh, obviously Bortles has to just make good decisions. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to be
0: hard running against this front. They haven't really been the best as far as past rush, pass, pass rushing goes. But they've been pretty stout in the
1: run game. Their stats... Which all three teams the Jaguars have faced have stout run defenses. Yeah. So. They, they've already, in the first
0: three games, faced, I think, every single one of them was in top ten in defense, in and, and rushing defense last year. This one might not be of that caliber, But they're no pushover. Right. And, I mean,
1: when Muhammad Wilkerson and Leonard Williams are at their best, they're as good as any duo in football on the defensive line. Yeah. Or at least they were. It doesn't appear that they are so far this year. But that's one of the keys. Keep them bottled up. Mm -hmm. Don't let this be their breakout game where one of them gets two sacks or three sacks and gets a bevy of uh, penetration into the backfield. Keep those guys under... And check, and that's a big test, obviously, for Brandon Linder, AJ Can, uh, for those guys. So, yeah, they have their work cut out for them. But it's not like they've the Jaguars' offensive line has proven that they can do it. The question is, mm-hmm. will they do it against these guys?
0: And and it's been a pattern in in the first two losses, um, where throughout the game, as the game goes on, there they spring some leaks, and there's been. Daryl Patterson went about 80 yards on him. Yeah. Again, coming out of the backfield, um, Daryl Richardson. I think his name was Daryl. No. Daryl Washington is the Raiders. Raiders. Yeah. Another Raiders running back had a big game. They've given up a lot of big gains in the in the four, third and fourth quarter, just because they're they're they're, they're out games. there on
1: the field a lot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They they have some success on offense, but. Especially in, in the Raiders game. it just Which
1: the Raiders do not have the best defense in football. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm looking at this. I don't see the Jets scoring many points. Yeah. I really don't. Now, one final thing the Jaguars need to do to avoid the trap. Less penalties. Yeah. They've had at least nine penalties in every game so far. They've given up 280 yards. On penalties, I believe, and it's just way too much. Uh, it really it caught up to them in week two. Mm-hmm. Minus some of those penalties, the Jaguars are in the game, and the game does not get out of hand the way it did in especially, the third quarter. Especially on early downs, yeah, where it forces you into being outside of your comfort zone. Now, can the Jaguars continue to commit uh, these penalties and still win games? Yes, but they're playing with fire. Mm-hmm. It puts them at a severe disadvantage. It really does. And for reference, I mean, those 29 penalties so far is second only to the Chiefs in the league. So but, And the Chiefs are the best team. Yeah. So a lot of the best teams in football end up being the most heavily penalized for whatever reason. A lot of it is aggressive play. <laughs> I, think, I think the
0: Raiders last year had a game where they set the record. For most penalties in a game,
1: and still beat the Buccaneers. I think it was the Bucks. So these things happen, (laughs) obviously, but it'll bite you. Yeah. Jaguars need to get better at their, uh, you know, pre-snap penalties, and even some of the penalties on the defensive side of the ball. The defense is playing great, but there's some penalties that need to be avoided. Specifically, A.J. Boye, who I called out last week. I said, he's playing good football, but the penalty's got to slow down. He comes back with the best game of his, yeah. maybe the best game of his whole career. Uh, so, yeah. Great job by the defense so far. Do you see the Jets being able to move the ball in any way on the Jaguars' defense? Um,
0: I'm, I think... It's it's a bit of a loaded question because I think... I thought that the Ravens would have some success just because I thought the defense would get them the ball quite a bit more and have more opportunities. Obviously, I was dead wrong about that. This team is not as good as that team. Will the defense be teeing off on everybody? They sure have. They, it seems like they sure have been in the last couple games. I think... They will not be able to score to keep up with us. It's, it's a real difficult thing to guess because right now I'm so conflicted on what this team really is. Yeah. And looking at this year, more often than not, we've been a dominating force on the defense and we've been able to impose our will on the offense. 10 but, out of 12 quarters. Exactly. But there's still that one game against Tennessee that's got my got me questioned and everything. Yeah. So, to me, I don't think the, the Jets will be able to score enough to win the game. I don't know if they'll be able to score enough to be in the game. I also don't know if our offense will be able to take advantage of that and not fall into the same trap we did against Tennessee. Now, and what's turn so the ball scary over.
1: about their defense? The Jets' defense, that is. There's...
0: A young man named Jamal Adams, <laughs> as three, a starter, three. who is getting better every game that he plays in, who is going to be a problem in this league at some point in the future, if not already. Yeah, He covers a lot of ground. He's physical. You notice when he tackles somebody, you're like, That's, it, it, I bet it's number 33. Mm-hmm. But without even looking at the number. He's a scary... Player to go up against, like you've said before, they have two of the what better young defensive linemen in the NFL.
1: I don't even. I don't, I don't consider Wilkerson young anymore. I still consider he's, Leo yeah, young, he's, he's going on. I think it's his seventh year. Yeah, but they they
0: create Todd Bowles has done a pretty good job with the defensive side. I, there was some issue with the play calling... Not play calling, but just decision-making throughout the game that I question. Um, but as far as defensively, they absolutely stifled somebody that was supposed to come in and beat them. They were the favorite as, as far as the Dolphins go. Um, so, I mean, they control the line of scrimmage very well, which is something that in the NFL is a huge deal. Um, So, their corners don't scare me too much. They have uh, Morris Claiborne, from, who was playing in Dallas and then formerly LSU. He's not bad. Buster Screen is just a dude.
1: Yeah, that's the matchup we want to see. Leanne Harris, yeah. I would really like to see them step up because, you know, losing Allen Robinson has obviously hurt the wide receiver core, but... You want to see a wide receiver core that you thought could be one of the better ones in football mm-hmm. still perform without their best player. You want to see Lee and Hearns do that this week.
0: Yeah, and the way and looking back, I mean, if they aren't able to control the line of scrimmage, like a lot of the Jets' opponents haven't been able to, they're going to need to rely on these guys to make plays, and they're gonna need to have Blake Bortles be able to beat. Defense that might have
1: eight or nine guys stacked in the box, yeah, expecting the run. Yeah, I'm with you about that for sure. Now you already talked about Jamal Adams, but him versus Fournette, that could be some fun collisions. That's that's what I'm looking for. He's especially because they're former college teammates. Yeah, they were very close.
0: They were taken in the first round of last year. They know each other very well. Jamal Adams was actually one of the guys, the one of the four guys that they considered um, with their first. Before oh, that not
1: been there, he might have been the pick yeah. for the Jags.
0: So uh, there's there's some history there. It's gonna be a fun matchup. I mean, he's so Jamal Adams is so physical and he can fly around the field. He covers so much ground. It's really something that I'm gonna look forward to. Hopefully I'm not gonna be cursing his name by the end of the game. <laughs> yeah, let's hope. But that. it's it's hard not to get excited to watch potentially one of the young bright football players in the league
1: yeah no doubt about it so let's take a look at our predictions for this game mm-hmm. you want to start us off yeah I
0: like I said earlier I don't really think they're going to be able to put up a lot of points I mean our defense has proven in a majority of the quarters that they played they, they are absolutely dominating they it's they wreak havoc on the football field. I think it's going to be kind of like a 24-10 to 10 game where we just kind of always stay out of reach. Um, I think it'll be a comfortable win, but I don't think it will necessarily be the blowout like we had in London just because it's hard for me to anticipate something like that happening. Yeah, I
1: mean,
0: obviously, it always is. So it's, it, I think it should be comfortable. The Jets have shown throughout games that they just kind of linger always within striking different di- striking distance, but haven't really been able to get over that hump until this past week. And even then, if they weren't overly impressive. They were just efficient. Um, so going up against a defense who I think is better than any, the, any that they've faced this year, it's really going to be difficult for them to put up any kind of fight. Defensively is the is the problem. So that's that's twenty four to ten seems like it's twenty four to
1: ten. Yep. All right. So we're going with the same point differential, but I'm taking the Jaguars twenty seven, Jets thirteen. I'm doing that, being a little conservative in my opinion, honestly. Mm -hmm. Jaguars, even in their worst games, still were able to put up sixteen points, and I was against in a game they were just getting dominated in the second half. I don't see it for the Jets. I get the fact that McCown's playing decent football. I get the fact that they've got a good young defense. But I don't see how their offense can stay on the field with Mm -hmm. the Jaguars' defense. I don't know how their defense maintains with the Jaguars' offense on the field as much as I think it's going to be. I wouldn't be surprised if it's bigger than 27-13. But you would think the Jaguars would kind of come back to earth in some of their wins and not just blow everyone out. Even <laughs> though if you were going to look at a blowout scenario for the Jaguars entering this season, this might have been the game you would have predicted them to blow someone out. This is probably the game where
0: you were most confident. If you're going to Vegas, this is the game where you're like, "All right, I'll put money on this one." Yeah. Because that's the game. I want I real quick I want to mention the crowd did play play a part in the last game. They the 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 Dolphins especially in the first quarter Really struggling with their snap counts. I think they had two or three straight plays where they had a false start or some sort of yeah uh, pre-snap penalty. So it tapered down a bit just because it was. I think it was just a slow game. I'll be up there uh, grinding through it, buying beers for Jets fans so they can't be (laughs) cheering when the snap counts going on. But (laughs) especially early, if we can neutralize the crowd, it's gonna it's gonna do nothing but help us.
1: Absolutely Now we both have the Jaguars winning Should be a really fun weekend Let's get into one of our weekly segments The PFF Minute Actually before we get into the PFF Minute Quick look around the AFC South Titans play the Texans That's really exciting Titans are tied with the Jaguars atop the AFC South They hold the tiebreaker Texans are a game behind What do you see there? Let's go Texans! Yeah, obviously the, for the Jaguars, you want the Texans to win. Anytime the Titans lose this season, that's huge for the Jaguars. Seems like that's going to be the race in the division. So I think
0: I think this game has a lot of intrigue to it. I mean, the Texans were neck and neck. They were about twenty seconds away from beating the Patriots At last Fox, week, bro. which is crazy.
1: Well, they rookie quarterback.
0: So Deshaun Watson, <laughs> he's seemingly getting better every game. Um... I'm looking forward to watching that game. I hope the Texans win. I think the Titans will, just because overall I think they're a better team. But
1: Texans D line's getting it going a little bit though lately. So Clowney is really kind of terrorizing people. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. Colts at Seahawks Sunday Night Football. How did this get Sunday Night Football? I really have no idea. I mean, I guess the NFL thought Andrew Luck might be healthy by now. But even then still so, yeah, so uh Seahawks gotta win that game, I mean, they just lost to the Titans in a game that is, they didn't play very well, but they were still in it mm-hmm. uh they I mean, got that'd win. just be a shocker if the Colts even really compete with them. Have, that seems like a type of game that could set the Seahawks on a new path if
0: they if they end up losing they' struggled game, a little bit, yeah. If, if they end up blowing them out, it can build some confidence. If they end up losing that game,
1: things might blow up in that front office. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how that goes. Now, PFF Minute. Leonard Fournette, one of the four highest-rated running backs by pro football focus in Week 3. <coughs> Excuse me. A.J. Boye did not allow a single reception in Week 3. Have a day, A.J. Boye. Jalen Ramsey, highest-rated cornerback in football through three weeks. I believe he's allowed four receptions for about 40-something yards on the year. Just insane. Straight-up
0: ballers in the second And day. now they're at
1: the point where teams are just trying to get the ball to anywhere else on the field besides yeah. where Jalen Ramsey is. So that's obviously good for the Jaguars' defense. Every pro football-focused contributor that makes picks on a weekly basis the Jaguars to beat the Jets this week, and I'm with them. Yeah. I mean, it's hard not to. It is hard not to. So, before
0: we get too far from uh, from the, the AFC South preview, okay. I just saw something uh, Mike K actually just retweeted this. Texans rookie Deshaun Watson donated the entire first game check that he had to uh, empl- stadium employees recovering from Hurricane Harvey.
1: Screw you, Deshaun Watson, for making us like you. Yeah. Your son of a that's bitch. That's sh- cool. <laughs> it is cool. Much that's more awesome likable than JJ Watt. Here. But him and JJ Watt, I love you guys. Yeah.
0: that That's awesome.
1: As long as they're not doing their part when they play the Jaguars. <laughs> Off later the football this field, season. you do whatever you want. <laughs> On the football field, it's another story. So, yeah. Uh, keep One, Let One Walk. Final segment of the episode every week Jamal right. so Adams versus A.J. Bouye. Oh, no. (laughs) Jamal Adams, top five pick. Should be a perennial pro bowler. Looks like a leader on the defensive side of the ball for the Jets. Maybe one of the best athletes at safety in football. A.J. Boye is A.J. Boye. He's that man. Lord Ramsey and Sir Boye. Oof. Oof. Who you got?
0: Oh, man. They both had great games Jamal Adams has only played 3 games in the NFL but his future is so bright. I love AJ Boyer. I've been I've been talking to him. He, I've been talking about him even when he was a Texan last year. Discussion over how good this guy is. But Jamal Adams, he already looks like he's arrived and he's he's really just settling in. He's got I think he's got such a bright future. I, he's he's going to be one of the best safeties in the NFL at one point. So i I got to take Jamal Adams. It's hard. It's close. But right now in their career, A.J. Boy is a better football player. Yeah, we're talking about upside, starting a team, you know. It's Jamal Adams is just, he's a freak.
1: Now, only reason I disagree with you. Well, two reasons. One, A.J. Boy is a veteran, but he's still a young veteran. Yeah. He's still got plenty of plenty of years. He hasn't even technically reached his prime mm-hmm. according to what you think of as football prime years. I think corner is more important than safety. Yeah, it's very- I think if you have a corner that can go one on one with another player, mm-hmm. you win. Yeah. Defensively you win. Yeah, I mean
0: there there are certain schemes where I mean look at Seattle. The safeties affect the play so much. Look right. at us last they do, year.
1: but if you have a shutdown corner, yeah, your safety is true. not as important. This is true.
0: Yeah, I mean, it just when you when you can go when you're lining up against another player every single play instead of being kind of just a year or filling a gap, it's always going to be more important. So it's 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 just. It's basically a a easy to take either guy. Yeah. It's it's a toss up between Can I have both raw talent or or importance to a team.
1: Right. And I could have done Jamal Adams and Barry Church, but that would have been obvious. Yeah. I mean, sorry sorry, sorry, Barry, (laughs) we love you, but Jamal's that guy right now. And probably will be for about the next ten to fifteen years. That's gonna do it for our show today. Go Jaguars, let's stand united. Let's not boycott the Jaguars like a bunch of jackasses. AJ, prove us wrong. Yeah. I know we blaspheme. No, I took AJ. No, no, prove me wrong. Prove Scott wrong. Make me look the fool. Don't you put that on me, (laughs) Bobby.
0: Oh, by the way, uh, last week, I I always want to review what we did last week. It was uh, Tony Jefferson versus, I think, was it Barry Church? Yeah. Tony Jefferson, I'm sorry. You lose. Mercedes Lewis made you look like a fool. Um, I know one of his touchdowns, I don't know if he was going on any other ones, but
1: Barry Church, ding, 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 you're the winner. Yeah, and I took Jefferson, and uh, I was obviously, for at least one game, dead it's, wrong. It's a very small sample size, but head-to-head, it's, it's, it's nice to see
0: us, the yeah. good guys, come up on top. <laughs> Hell yeah, it is.
1: This episode, as every episode, is presented by Bold City Brewery. Check them out at boldcitybrewery.com. On Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Bold City Brewery. Make sure to check out their ninth anniversary party at their location on Roselle Street. $2 pints all day on October 21st. Make sure to be there. And make sure to tune in this weekend to the Jaguars versus Jets if you're not going up to New York like I am. And... Thanks for listening. We got some more reviews on the podcast this week. Awesome. So that's good. We're at four and a half stars on iTunes. Uh, Gotta give it up, 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 up. Yeah, every person except one has given us a five-star review. And, of course, the one that did not give us a five-star review gave us a one-star review. Oh, man. But thank you to everyone who's reviewed us so far. Thank you to everyone who will review us. It really helps. You can do that on the iTunes Podcasts app. And you can also follow us and listen to us on SoundCloud. We really appreciate it. And, again, make sure to check out for the Jalen Ramsey-themed T-shirts we got going on. I I promise you, you want this. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun to be rocking that around New York this weekend. So, that's going to do it for the show. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great weekend. Have a great rest of your week. And let's go get another W. Hoo-ah. Hoo-ah. Let's do it. All right. Peace, Duval. Thanks so much for listening to the Jinjag podcast with your host, Jordan DeLugo. Online at jinjag.com. Twitter at Generation Facebook and Instagram at Generation Jaguar. and Teal all day. We'll catch you next time